Nope, we don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. I am C.L. Whiteside, and this is brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry. We're not going to mess around today. We're going to get straight into our first world problem. I remember way back, this might have been like in the first year of doing the podcast, I had a first world problem question, and it was something like this. It was like, if you could push a button and get a million dollars, but the catch is you pushing that button to kill someone else somewhere else far in the world, would you push the button? Some people are like, you ain't got to tell me twice. I'm pushing that button. Some people are like, well, it depends. Is the person a good person or is it a bad person? Who is the person? It's like, nah, I can't, I can't tell you all that. But something that I did notice is even people who decided to push the button for the million dollars, if I told them that people would know that they got that million dollars because they are the ones who pushed the button. As soon as I attached their name to it, a lot of them were like, no way, I wouldn't do that. I don't want to be known as the guy who pushed the button and killed someone. Like, no, I don't want to be known by that. And I just thought that was interesting because it seems that a lot of our abilities to make decisions, it is it, it rises drastically when our name is not attached to it. But as soon as our name is attached to it, it's like, I don't know if I want to make this decision. And this is our first world problem question. How does your name being attached to big decisions, tough decisions, how does that influence you? How does that influence you? I want to hear from you. I really want to hear from you. So when you know that your name is next to that decision and other people are going to know that, how does that influence or affect your decision making? I want to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is championlife23. And if you're on YouTube, drop it in the comments. I want to hear from you. And this is our first world problem. It is is dinner time. The title of our episode is, Can You Push the Button? And I don't know why, I always had this scene in my head in Rush Hour when Chris Tucker has a little girl and a little girl, he's holding her hand, but she has a vest on and the vest is a bomb vest. It's, it's full of C4. And he tells a dude who has like a gun pointed at him, he's like, push the button. Yeah, push the button. Cause he's saying if you push the button for this little girl she gonna blow up but you know what happens if she blow up you are going to blow up too because you are that close to me and i feel like a lot of times with, with tough decisions big decisions in our life is feeling like man can i push the just can i push the button what should i do in these pressure situations what should i do in these pressure situations and if you are a walking breathing human being you know what's gonna happen you're going to need to make decision so this is an episode for any human being anyone who's a leader anyone who wants to become better in the decision making anyone who wants to bring light to the world because we always have to make decisions like you need to be a greater beacon of hope and on this episode of can you push the button we just got to look at the fact that like decision making is a lot of times one of the most draining and stressful things for a lot of us like the mind can only handle so much and i remember reading stuff where it talks about like big time people or like the president they don't worry about making decisions like what am i gonna wear today they might have a stylist or someone else do it or sometimes you wonder like why does he keep wearing the same suit because they don't want to waste their their brain power they don't want to waste their mind power on figuring out what i'm gonna wear because i know some of y'all when y'all went on that date y'all was like what should I wear? Like, oh my goodness. Like, I don't know what to wear. And that can cause like a lot of anxiety and anxiousness and stuff. But that's just because of like decision making, de decision making. And something that I have noticed, 
something that I have noticed. When you look on social media, when you just look at certain things, how many people talking about like, man, I would make this decision or or I would do this. Or if I had the power and ability, this is what I would do. And it's like, would you really? It's very easy for you to say what you would do because you don't have to do it or you don't have to have your name uh, attached to it. And on this episode of Can You Push the Button, that's something we're going to look at. Now, something I just want to point out especially from a Christian perspective, there are so many decisions in life where I would say this is ideal. Like you can't look in the word of God and find out what you should do. So what I mean by that is sometimes it's like, what should I eat? Where should I go? What should I wear? Like, is it a sin if I wear a blue shirt or is it a sin if I wear a red shirt? It's like, it's neither. Unless you're doing something like this, somebody came to you and said, oh, you look so sexy in red. If you wear red, I'm going to do some. I want to do some things to you and you're not married. And then you go here and go ahead and wear red because you want that person to do them things that they was talking about. Then, yeah, that that's that's where your decision making is a little off because you're trying to please the flesh and you're not trying to please, please God. But there are so many decisions where God is like, hey. You can do what you would like to do with this. You, you got free will, baby. You got free will. Go ahead and do what you need to do. But we just got to examine ourselves. Like, why am I making this decision? Am I doing this to please God? Am I doing this to get in some mess and, and possibly sin? So, yeah. All right. The first thing I want to look at comes from Luke chapter 12, verse 48. This is the CSB version. And this is a parable. And in this parable, Jesus is reminding us. He's like, man, when you have more more is expected out of you. When you have been given more, more is expected out of you. And he said this, this starts at Luke 12. Actually, I think this starts at verse 47. It says, and the servant who knew his master's will and didn't prepare himself or do it will be severely beaten. So like, if you don't do this and you know it's supposed to be happening, you're going to be severely beaten. But the one who did not know and did what deserved punishment will receive a light beaten. From everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, even more will be expected. So I know there are, are, are those and some of us like, man, all right, I got to be a better leader. We, we want to be better leaders. Um, some of us have been given, some of you have been given some just awesome talents. Some of you have been blessed in some unique and, and special ways. When you've been blessed in these capacity and in capacities and in these ways, that means decisions might be unique to you. And that's not something to run away from. That's just something to realize, like, all right, decisions are going to have to be made and I'm going to make it. But we're going to talk about how to make those decisions. One of the people that I want to look at and sometimes how all of us can get swayed comes from Matthew chapter 27. And I want to look at Pontius Pilate, a person who had the power. And you look at Pontius Pilate's situation. He had an innocent man be brought to him. Who is that innocent man? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the God man. Yes, he had an innocent man, Jesus, brought to him. And we see with Pontius Pilate and sometimes when we get conflicted, it's like, you're like, man, should I go against the crowd? Should I go with, should I go against what other people want? Because you know what? Sometimes I don't want to offend this person. I don't want to upset this group of people. And it's a whole lot of them that's going to be upset with me. And sometimes as leaders, sometimes as, as people of God, we're going to make decisions that upset people. And, and that's okay because we don't want to upset God. Matthew chapter 27, verse 17. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked him, which one do you want me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who was called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus the Messiah over to him. 
When Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man. For I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. She's talking about Jesus Christ, our, our Savior. Verse 20 says, but the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Now, that mob mentality stuff is is so real. It is so real. And you know that old school question, question that people ask, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? No, Grandma, I wouldn't. No, most people actually would jump off the bridge. If they saw a whole bunch of people jumping off the bridge, they're going to jump off the bridge. You ever seen a whole bunch of people running? You don't know why they're running and you just start running? Yeah, like, it's kind of like the same thing. It's so hard to go the opposite of the flow. Because when you go the opposite of the flow, you go the opposite of the majority. A lot of times you're like, am I crazy? A am I wrong? And that's a natural thing that, that happens to us. Verse 21 says, the governor Pilate asks, which of these two do you want me to release to you? Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah, Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Now, a lot of us at times, we are arrogant to think like, I would never do this. If I was in a situation, I would not be yelling, crucify, crucify him. But think about some of the things I had to think about some of the things that I have shouted out or participated in when it comes to like concerts or people going crazy. I'm up there sometimes acting like one of the craziest. And, and that's just being being real myself. I know how some of y'all be when y'all get to the bar or y'all get to the club and then that certain song come on and everybody chanting. I, I know how it is. But or maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me. Verse 24 says, when Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. Are you one of those who wants to avoid conflict at all costs? Are you one of those like, man, I just don't have time. To be, I don't want to avoid conflict. So I'm just I'm not going to make a decision at all. Are you one of those people? Verse 25 says, all the people answered. His blood is on us and our children. Now, faced with that question, worship God or worship the world? Worship God or worship the world? Sometimes we like, I'm going to just chill. I'm going to just sit this one out. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to worship. You know what I'm going to worship? No one. And it's like, if you are worshiping no one, worshiping no one isn't worshiping God by default. And that's something for us to to just remember, especially as followers of Christ, followers of God. Now, on this episode of can you push the button? Sometimes we only can see the mess or we only can see the, the problems. And that's what makes it so hard for us to make decisions. And I think about Rahab, who's in Joshua chapter two. Rahab was a woman who was living in the walls of living in the walls at that time, walls like the fort walls. And she was hiding two spies in her house. You know what? And she saw past that these people were spies. And you got to think about these are spies who were coming into her land, into her home and saying, you know what? We're going to end up taking over this place. I know a lot of people like, man, she was a sellout. She was such a sellout if they would have knew what she was doing. Starting at verse three, it says, so the king of Jericho sent the message to Rahab. Bring out the man who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. She lied. She lied, though. She pretty much said, they gone. I they, they went that way. Matter of fact, they left like in the morning. They gone. Go, go read about that in Joshua chapter two. And you know why she did this? She did this because she knew 
who the Lord was with. She knew who the Lord was with. Now, how many of us, how many of us can't make decisions because we are loyal to the wrong things? Like a lot of us would have been like, I'm going to be loyal to Jericho. So you're going to be loyal to Jericho and you're going to fall with that city and you, you're going to go down with them. Some people will. Sometimes we will. Sometimes we too loyal to our family, too loyal to our friends. Who was she being loyal to? She was being loyal to, to God. She didn't get worried about being called a sellout. She, she wasn't worried about that. Now, let's look at Joshua and Caleb in, in Numbers chapter 13. Now, this is a prime example. This is a prime example of attaching your name to something for God. Like they weren't attaching their name to this out of selfish ambition or anything like that. Numbers chapter 13, starting at verse 27. They this is talking about the spies. They gave Moses this account. So this was 12 spies on a mission to go check out a land God had promised to them. This land we had just talked about before with Rahab. It says, we went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. All right. Okay. Here, here comes the excuse. One of the big reasons we struggle to make decisions is because we're operating a lot of times from a place of fear. Sometimes we make this, uh, we struggle to make decisions because we're operating from a place of fear. Verse 28 says, but the people who live there, this is their excuse, but the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. That's AKA family of giant warriors. That's, that's my guess. Verse 30 says, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we certainly can do it for we can certainly do it. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. Now, we have to be aware of those who want you to decide certain things that's that's around us, because sometimes they'll be discreet and they'll low key. They'll be very low key, but they'll be something like this. They'll be something like in verse 32. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. So they just started spreading lies like the land, the land not good is bad. But it's like you just said the land was flowing of milk and honey. But you want to say the land is bad so that the people aren't like, oh, let's go ahead and do it. All right, let's jump to to Numbers chapter 14, starting at verse six. Joshua, son of Nun and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Now, if you are alive, you're going to have to make some decisions. It could be a wide range of decisions it could be decisions from cutting off family members or friends it could be decisions so like ooh, i probably need to end this relationship should i take them back one more time girl don't take them back it should be something it could be something like taking an unpopular stance it could be something that could possibly get you canceled um a lot of times we just got to look at what what happened to joshua and caleb what did they want to do to joshua and caleb i don't think this happened to any one of us because they're a decision they wanted to make Verse 10 says, but the whole assembly talked about stoning them. That's that's killing them. Now, a sign of a great leader and a decision maker is OK being disliked. It's OK being disliked short term in order to have respect for the long term and being obedient 
to Christ, being obedient to God. That's a sign of a great leader. Who, who I'm trying to please? These people, they're going to be mad with me for the short term, but I'm, I'm doing this for God. They think about long term. They think about big picture. It says, then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of the meeting to all the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? Now, how do we make these decisions and how do we make decisions like Joshua and Caleb and like Rahab? How do we make these decisions? Like, can you push the button? The first thing we got to just realize with a lot of decisions is like, is there a right or wrong? We don't necessarily have God saying, go and make this decision, Joey. But we do have his word that is very clear about uh, about a lot of things. And then we also examine ourselves and, and, and use prayer. I think another thing is base the decisions off of consistencies, not off of wishful thinking. So in the Israelites case, they could have based their decision off the consistencies that God had. He was with them in the wilderness. He had them cross the Red Sea like he's consistent. You can clearly see like, all right, he's a consistent guy. They're not basing this off of wishful thinking. They're basing this off of, of facts. And at times, God allows us to come up with our own policies. And sometimes we shouldn't go against those policies. And what I mean by that is if you have a policy of, all right, I'm not going to loan this person this amount of money because I can't afford to lose it. And it's like you already loaned them money like four or five times and they ain't paid you back yet. So your wishful thinking is, ah, oh, I'm going to be a good Christian person and they're going to pay me back this time. And it's like, bro, look at look at the resume. Look at their consistencies. You ain't going to get your money back. You are not going to get your money back. So base it off the consistencies and not off of wishful thinking. The third thing you got to think about, this is a question. What could doing nothing cost you short time or what could what could doing nothing cost you short term or what could doing this cost you short term? What could doing this cost you long term or what would be the long term thing with this? And I think it's looking at it like, man, you're trying to figure out, is this a weed or is this a, a flower? And the big thing to ask with that is like, how does this influence the kingdom possibly? How does this influence God's kingdom? Because that helps you determine like, man, is this a weed? Because, you know, if you eat one weed, what's going to happen? It's going to be some more weeds or is this a, a flower? Big question for us to ask. Something that I thought was super cool when I was preparing for this episode is I was looking at First Kings chapter 12. And one of the things we do when we make decisions a lot of time is we, we ask people about it. Like we have people that we go to. And something that I was like, man, I got to point this out because this is so true. If you seek counsel, go to unbiased people. Go to people who aren't afraid to give you the truth. Go to people who are going to speak to you out of love. Go to people that are going to go to God's word, too, and not just going to say, man, if I was you, this is you. First of all, you're not me. But go to people that are going to give you wise counsel. Use God's word. Be unbiased. Give you the truth. Do it. Do it out of love. And when we see in first Kings chapter 12, Rehoboam, who was a king, he, he went to some wise elders and they told him what to do. But then he went to his boys who was yes, man, and they were afraid to tell him the truth. And it's like, you know what? You need to be more harsh. Go read about that in First Kings chapter 12 and how that that cost him in his decision making, because he listened to some people that didn't have his best interest in mind and just wanted to tell him whatever he wanted to hear or they thought he wanted to hear. I think the, the fifth thing is asking ourselves this question, like, who am I aiming to serve or who am I aiming to, to please? with this decision. What am I aiming to please? Am I aiming to please my flesh or am I aiming to please God? Am I aiming to please or this? Philippians 2 chapter Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 and 4 the CSB version says this. It says do nothing 
out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourself. Everyone should look not to his own interest, but rather to the interest of others. And I want to just point this out because sometimes people are like, wait a minute, you said look to the interest of others. And you said don't loan people money sometimes. What, I, what I'm saying is this. It's actually conceited if you think you're going to be the outlier based off of what this person has done. That is very conceited. So don't be conceited in a way like this person is going to do something extremely different for me when it's like you saw how they do. You saw how they get down, but yet you think you're going to be the outlier? You're not. You're not. And another person's better interest, this is actually not helping them, but creating a bad habit when you give into certain things or you make certain decisions. So you got to think about that. Is this decision helping or hurting this person, especially in the long term, ultimately? Because that that's also looking out for the interest too. sometimes saying no or I can't do this or, or that. The sixth thing, the sixth and the final thing, don't avoid struggle or conflict for growth when you're making decisions. Like don't operate out of a place of fear. Don't do it. J just don't do it. We don't need to do it. And, and to wrap this episode up, what is the greatest decision ever made? Jesus. Jesus made the decision to give up his glory, to come down on the earth, to make himself a, a baby, to suffer hell for us, to go through death on the cross, the most one of the most shameful, humiliating types of death possibly. He did this for us. He made that decision. You know, he always talked about the will of the father. That is something that he always, always, always had in mind. And that's something that we can use with our decision making. What is the will of the father? What is God trying to tell me? What does God want me to do? And we look at what God did. He operated. Look at what Jesus did. He operated from the place of all right, what's the father's will. He operated from a, a, a place of love. And that's something that we can do, too, because we have the freedom to make choices and decisions because of Jesus victory for us, because of Jesus sacrifice for us, because of Jesus trading places for us. We plan with house money now. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of can you push the button if you liked it or love it hit the five star leave a review share it with a friend peace punch captain crunch say no to drugs and yes to jesus i am out